One of the things I love about the Advent season is the music. I love Christmas carols. I love to sing. I love to listen to them. I will tell you right now, one of the ways I will invite you to be with God today is to make music, even if you don't think you're good at it, to listen to music that brings you joy and reminds you that this is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. But it raises what I think is a significant question. Have you ever noticed that secularism, atheism, materialism does not tend to produce great music or art or beauty, which we all need to live? These are words written by the atheist philosopher Bertrand Russell a century or so ago. Purposeless, void of meaning is the world. Man's growth, his hopes and fears, his loves and beliefs are but the outcome of accidental collocations of atoms. No fire, no heroism, no intensity of thought and feeling can preserve an individual beyond the grave. All the labors of the ages, all the devotion, all the inspiration, all the noonday brightness of human genius are destined to extinction in the vast death of the solar system. The whole temple of man's achievement must inevitably be buried beneath the debris of a universe in ruins. Only within the scaffolding of these truths... Only on the firm foundation of unyielding despair can the soul's habitation be safely built. Now, maybe Russell is right. Maybe that's the way it is with the universe. But it's very hard to create good songs from that material. For instance, uh, this one I'm thinking about having copyrighted. How firm a foundation is total despair. We'll all be dead soon, dear, so what should I care? When you're in your grave, you will not make a peep. So shut up your pie hole and let daddy sleep. There are not many parents who would sing a lullaby like that to their kids. There are not many songs that catch on with the thought that the universe is just an accidental collocation of atoms and everything will ultimately burn up in extinction. We have a need for something more. And it would be strange if we had that need and something more did not exist. Now, the word for that something more, the good news that we all long for, that we all crave, without which we cannot live, that the soul requires... Old word for it is good news or gospel. And so an important question for you to think about today is, what is your gospel? That is, what's the good news that you are waiting for, that you are pinning your hopes on, that are worth making a firm foundation for your life? It's a fascinating article in the New York Times not long ago by Tara Isabella Burton. She has written a book called Self-Made, creating our identities from da Vinci to the Kardashians. And in this article, she writes about how what is sometimes called Instagram therapy is creating a moral vortex or a vacuum, a lack of meaning or transcendence. She's careful to distinguish here between uh, therapy that happens in a clinician's office that can be absolutely critical to deal with anxiety, depression, uh, OCD, emotional health issues that many of us struggle with, distinguishing between that 
And then kind of the language of therapy more broadly as the only cultural framework for understanding life that's absent of any sense of transcendence or ultimate meaning or moral reality. And she writes this, it's not just that this Instagram therapy gives its adherents a convenient excuse to bail on dinner parties or silence our phones when friends text us in tears because we want to be happy and they're interfering with our mental health. Rather, it's according to it's that according to this newly prevalent gospel of self-actualization, that's the language she uses, the gospel of self-actualization teaches us that the pursuit of private happiness has increasingly become culturally celebrated as the ultimate goal. The authentic self, to use another common buzzword, is characterized simply by personal desires and individual longings. So our feelings then become the authority, authoritative guidelines to what we should do. That's one of the gospels in which we live. If we think that the universe doesn't have any meaning, then we turn to the self. And how can I fulfill or actualize myself? And that's the gospel. She writes about how we have become more and more used to thinking of ourselves as the main character in our lives and other people as the obstacles in our way. And she talks about how it's easy to become cynical about this, but she says, I believe that the growing popularity of therapy discourse, the framework for our life, is less about generational or cultural selfishness than it is a cultural hunger, the need for a framework to talk about the questions foundational to our existence as human beings and a shared sense that the good life relies on more than our material circumstances. And she goes on to write about how historically the prospect of making sense of our lives was dominated by religion. Our churches, synagogues, mosques offered answers to life's most wrenching questions. Why do we suffer? What is our purpose in life? But Pew estimates 30% of Americans were religiously unaffiliated in 2020, a share that may exceed 50% by 2070 if present trends continue. But we don't stop looking for a gospel. So there is a gospel of success. What's your gospel? There is a gospel of uh, financial well-being and prosperity. That's what will make you happy. There is a political gospel. And here's where things get very interesting. Not long before Jesus was born, in the year 9 BC, uh, there was an ancient inscription that marked, heralded the birthday of Caesar Augustus. Listen to these words. Providence, which has ordered all things and is deeply interested in our life, has set in most perfect order by giving us Augustus, Caesar Augustus, whom she filled with virtue that he might benefit humankind, all people, sending him as a savior, that he might end war and arrange all things. And since he, Caesar, by his appearance, excelled even our anticipations, surpassing all previous benefactors, not even leaving to posterity any hope of surpassing what he has done, and since the birthday of the god Augustus was the beginning of the good tidings, the Greek word used there is euangelion, for the world that came by reason of him. 
But not too long after that, we are told in the Gospel of Luke that one day there were shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. But the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. And Luke there uses precisely the same word that was given to announce the birthday of Caesar. I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. Now, this is part of what was so shocking in Jesus. The good news would not be just for the people of Rome. It would not be just for the people of Israel. It would not just be for my little group, my little self. My Good news of great joy, which shall be to all the peoples, to everybody. Everybody's in now. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Not a political Savior. Nobody's venerating Caesar anymore. His birthday does not get celebrated. Interestingly enough, and Michael Barber writes about this, Jesus lost the only election he was ever involved in. It was a runoff against uh, another character, uh, Barabbas, to see who would be spared by the Roman government, and Jesus lost and died on a cross for the forgiveness of the sins of the whole world so that we could be reconciled to God so that we would know through his resurrection that this universe is not just an assembly of random atoms. It will not be destroyed. Every good act, every prayer, every bit of generosity, every self-giving, loving extension of one person to another is seen by God, cherished by God. That's the good news. So today sing. Uh, If you don't want to sing out loud with your mouth, sing in your heart. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Good news, good news, good news. Pause during the day when you rest, when you take a break, when you were confused, when you see another person, when you're not sure what to do, when you finish one task, when you begin another, when it seems to be too much, when something great happens and you are deeply grateful. Just stop. Good news, good news. The world, the universe does not rest on your shoulders. And while it's a good thing for us to seek to be happy, our salvation does not lie there. It does not lie in psychology. It does not lie in the world of politics. It does not lie in the world of economics. And we are not doomed to despair. For to you is born this day a Savior. That's the good news. You are not alone. Sing. Chelsea State.